This podcast is brought to you by Bethany Trinity Presbyterian Church. Thanks for listening. Hi everyone. Today is Mission Sunday. And uh, as you might expect on Mission Sunday, the sermon, the service will be trying to encourage us, remind us that the church has a mission in the world. That as the people of God, you know, we have this mission. We must reach out. We have a, a role to play. This is why we are left here. Now you might be expecting that that's the focus. And in a sense, yes. But I want to refine that by sharing with you this thought instead. That the God of mission has his church in the world. Now, it's just a subtle difference between uh, this one and the previous one. But this one focuses on the fact that it is the true and living God. It is the missionary God. It is this God of mission who has his church, his people in the world. So we take our cue from him. uh, We learn his heartbeat. So we're going to look at Matthew chapter 9, and we're going to be learning about the motive and the means of mission. The motive being compassion, which we will see Jesus displaying, and the means will be prayer and people. Okay, so firstly, the motive of mission. So we see when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. Now, this is what Jesus felt. This was that, that, that his heart, you know, longing with, with uh, pity and empathy for the crowds when he saw them. Now, this word compassion is, is not just having some sympathy or, you know, having some empathy, but rather it is a word that, that really describes as if your, your heart is going to burst because of the yearning the, the sorrow that you feel because of the people's plight. So this is what Jesus felt. He, he, he felt as if his heart was about to burst. His, he was deeply moved in his heart for the crowds. Now the question is, what is it that he saw that caused him to have this compassion? Well, the text tells us he saw that they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. The crowds that he saw, well, what he saw is he saw their true physical and spiritual condition. He saw the the sins that they were burdened by. He saw the fears and anxieties that uh, that, that, that they, they were filled with. He saw that they were loaded down by their guilt. He saw that even if these people, even if they were materially comfortable, the point is that they were running and chasing after all these things which could not ultimately satisfy them. End of the day, they were still empty. See, he saw that they were like sheep without a shepherd. Now, the imagery is a very poignant one. Uh, in those days, if you were a sheep, you know, wandering around the Galilean countryside by yourself, there is one and only one 
sure destiny for you, right? You will die, right? You'll be eaten by the wolves. And so he saw the crowds in their spiritual wandering, not knowing God truly for who he is, facing apart from Christ, an eternity without God. And so he was deeply moved. He was filled with compassion for them. Now, the question we want to ask each other is, what do you feel? What do I feel when we see people? Right, the text tells us what Jesus felt. But what do you feel when you see people? I can tell you what I feel. I think of my neighbor who comes home and every time before he, you know, goes, takes the lift, he will, must have a smoke in the void deck. And, uh, you know, the, the, the secondhand smoke will flow over to the void deck where, you know, Adani is cycling and I'll be irritated at him. Or I think of the auntie who, you know, instead of using the container that is provided, must burn the paper money at the drain cover. And then, you know, the wind blow and it's all such a mess. Or I think about that family who, who are enslaved to their car. You know, regularly, father, mother, and son who come down with their barong barong, who are wash the car, don't know how many products they have, wax the car, so shiny. I mean, you know, yes, there's a bit of jealousy that car is nicer, shinier than mine, but I'm also thinking, life does not consist in how shiny your car is. This is what I feel. I feel that irritation, I feel the frustration, I feel the envy. I... But what Jesus feels when he sees the people is he feels compassion. So the question I have is how, how do we feel more rightly? How can our hearts be more aligned with Jesus? And I think first thing we need to see is, is that we need to see people as Jesus sees them. Instead of seeing how, you know, that, that behavior, um, you know, impinges on mine or, um, it's to see their true physical and spiritual condition. Yes, this, this family may have such a nice car, but they are enslaved to it. They are looking for fulfillment and satisfaction in all the wrong places. Who will teach them? How can they know unless those who are salt and light in the world tell them? So to see people as Jesus sees them. But I think even more importantly is for us to remember that Jesus has shown compassion on us. See, the compassion that we want, that we are challenged to have for people it's not something that we must, you know, manufacture and produce from ourselves. It is actually a compassion, a kindness, a grace that we have first received. We love because he first loved us. We need to remember that we were not, uh, you know, like obedient citizens or we were a well-mannered people that, that Jesus had to save. No, no. We irritated him. The, our deeds, our thoughts, our words were frustrating to him. We were sinners and rebels. And yet he has shown 
great kindness and grace and compassion. And we have experienced this. And so it is for us to reflect something of what we have to the people that we see. Now, in thinking about the mission, I want us to observe a truth about this mission. And the way that Jesus says it is, he says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Do you observe this truth about the mission? That it is plentiful. This harvest of souls coming into the kingdom of God, it is a plentiful harvest. It is a mission that is abundant, it will succeed. Now, in the earlier breakout group at the 930 service, the people that I was sharing with, you know, talking about people that we uh, approach and talk to who are not Singaporeans, one thing that they shared was about how, you know, we experience fear that is sometimes very fearful to try and talk to them, try and reach out to them. But I think one truth that will help overcome this fear, not totally diminish it, but help us to overcome this fear is when we remember that the harvest is plentiful. Jesus is not sending us out to look for, you know, scraps on the ground, you know, digging the bottom of the barrel. No, no, no. It is a picture of a plentiful harvest. Those who will believe his word, trust him for his strength and his wisdom, will experience the joy, the privilege of being a worker in a plentiful harvest. Now, in talking about the mission, in Jesus' compassion, as he sees the crowd, sees their need, now what might we expect when he commands his disciples? We might expect that he says to his disciples, go, you know, go and reap, go into this harvest. Well, what he does instead is the means of mission is firstly prayer. Instead of first asking them to go, he first asked them to pray, to ask the Lord of the harvest, to ask the one who is in charge, the one who is sovereign, the one whose harvest field it is, to ask him to send out workers. So that's the point. Our our first means of mission is to pray. Pray for workers to go into this harvest field. And so whether it is in our personal time of prayer or, or on Sundays when we pray or in prayer meetings, we must not neglect to ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers. We must we must pray for Bible colleges like uh, ETCA and others, those who are preparing workers to go out into the mission field. We must pray for missionaries that we know who are already doing that work in the harvest field. We, we must pray for mission organizations. We must pray for uh, young men and women in our midst who have uh, the gifts and the character Pray that God may guide them to use those gifts and their lives for the sake of the mission. So the first means of mission is prayer. Now, when Jesus asks his disciples to pray, now he's talking to his disciples, he's saying, he's saying to them, pray, pray for more workers. Now, do you think they would pray? 
I mean, of course, right? I mean, here is Jesus giving them a direct instruction. I'm sure, right, they would pray. They would obey Jesus and pray. And then what happens next is we see in verse, in chapter 10, that these 12 disciples, well, Jesus proceeds to call them. And in verse 5, he sends them out. Sends them out as workers into the mission field. Now, the point I want to make is that, well, be prepared to be the answer to your own prayer. Just as these disciples obeyed Jesus and prayed, prayed to the Lord of the harvest, oh, send out more workers. And by the next chapter, well, they are the answer to their own prayer. And I think so it is for us. And I think it is not surprising that we should be prepared because when we focus, when we deliberately pray to God, when we are filled with the thoughts, uh, the needs, the priorities of, of His agenda, of His mission, then our minds, our hearts begin to be more aligned to His. And so it is not surprising that God would many times cause us to be the answer to our own prayer. So be prepared for that and uh, relish in the joy and the privilege that it is. But one more thing I want to say as well is be prepared that your kids might be the answer to your prayers. So I was just looking uh, through my photos and come across this one. And you know, I mean, it just seems like yesterday that they were this young. But they are growing God is at work in them. And so as parents, you know, sometimes Singaporean parents, we, we want our kids to have the five C's, right? Just the five C's, not the six C's. The sixth one is a coronavirus. So we, we don't want that one, okay? Uh, but you know, we, we fall in line with, um, you know, parents like the world. We want the best for our kids. But sometimes the only one C is the one that matters is that they follow Christ. And sometimes they may follow Christ to difficult mission fields. And we want to rejoice in that as well. So we must be prepared that our kids might be the ones who are the answer to our prayers. And also what a joy and privilege that would be. Now as we end, I want to remind us the compassion of Jesus, the compassion that he displayed here in chapter 9 did not just end with him calling on his disciples to pray and sending them out. Ultimately, his compassion led him to the cross. Ultimately, it was his compassion that led the good shepherd to lay down his life for his sheep. It is that love and care and grace of Jesus that causes him to be our good shepherd. So that those who, the sheep who hear his voice need not be sheep without a shepherd anymore. We we have a good shepherd who has taken our place so that we now can have that abundant life in him. Now the compassion of Jesus as well has caused him to give his church the Great Commission. See, it is his compassion that 
has led him to unambiguously command his people, command his church, command his disciples that they must go. They must make disciples from all the nations. An unambiguous command. This is not an optional extra for, you know, like special sheep who wear a cape or sheep who have horns. You know, no. This is his unambiguous command to all his people. And so, uh, very shortly, we will be uh, singing together a song from uh, a video, a familiar song, Behold Our God. But it is sung to many, many different languages. And as we sing together, I hope we can be amazed and, you know, just reminded that this compassion of Jesus that has led him to the cross, that has led him to command his church to go to the nations, it has led to people from many nations coming to him, being saved, so that they are no more sheep without a shepherd, but they are his sheep. He is their shepherd. And in this song, we, we, we are reminded by, you know, the, the different people singing and praising this shepherd in their languages, in their tongues. But I hope we can also be reminded that there are many, 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 many more peoples and tongues who have not come to know this shepherd. And that this Great Commission is still a command that we must urgently obey. Because end of the day, uh, it is the God of mission, the missionary God, who has his church in the world. And may we as his people catch something of his compassion and catch something of the urgency of his command. May God help us. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast brought to you by Bethany Trinity Presbyterian Church. For more information, visit us online at bcpc.sg.